Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. When you come to church, Because we're not good enough to make it on our own. Uh, the world has a very popular misconception that the reason we go to church is because we're, we're everything that we shouldn't be. But it's quite the contrary. I come to church so that I won't be what I shouldn't be. It's not that I'm perfect. It's because I'm not perfect that I come to church. And that I get into the presence of a king who knows what I need. Amen. Look at your neighbor this morning and tell him he knows what I need. But contrary to him knowing, contrary to him knowing, he also expects us to ask. Three times, and while you're standing, why don't you turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 5. There's three times in the New Testament that Jesus, before he ever did anything for anyone, he asked the individual, what do you need? And it wasn't because he didn't know. I believe this morning it's because God wants to know that we know what we need. Because he will do for you what you can't do for yourself. But I believe he expects us to do for us what we can do. Amen. And that's why we come to church this morning. Thank you to our guests who are here today. Give honor to our bishop. Give honor to our pastor this morning the ministry of this church. Uh, Psalms chapter 5 and verse number 1. The Bible says to the chief musician upon Nehelah, a psalm of David, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. Pay attention to verse number 7. He concludes what he's been saying by saying this. But as for me. I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy. And in thy fear will I, everybody say worship. Will I worship toward thy holy temple. I want to minister with the help of the Lord this morning. I don't know if it will be teaching, preaching, or or some combination of the two. I want to minister on this subject, restoring worship and praise. Would you lift your hands with me this morning and ask God to touch us by his word. Father, we're so grateful today for the opportunity to be in your presence. 
Lord, now we ask you to minister in this house today by the anointed word of God. Help me to speak what you would have to be spoken, Lord, and only that, God, for the building and the help of the kingdom of God and for this great people. Lord, and we'll stand before you when it's over and we'll give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say amen. And you may be seated. Lord bless you. Often when we stand here to preach or teach or minister in whatever capacity, when we read a scripture, it's often a couple of different reasons. Uh, one, just so you don't get too uncomfortable, because it seems to be customary that we read a scripture before we do anything. Uh, sometimes what we're going to talk about is, is the scripture is the center focus of what we're going to talk about, and sometimes that scripture is a springboard for other things that are, are being addressed. And this morning, I want to use this passage of Scripture as a springboard from the statement, but as for me, I will come into thy house. In the multitude of thy mercy and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. The words worship and praise, or praise and worship, have become 21st century catchphrases for something that no longer represents a full understanding of what worship and praise is really all about. When the words worship and praise are spoken today, in today's generation, it invokes mental images of talented singing, talented musicians. I, I believe this morning that the Apostolic Church is without doubt blessed with some of the best talent this side of heaven. But make no mistake about it, talented singing and talented music are not worship and praise. I can say that this morning because I'm a musician. So I feel very comfortable in telling you this morning that, that what we do uh, in singing and praising, they are components of worship and praise. But they do not constitute worship and praise. That is not the total sum of what praise and worship is supposed to be. When, when, we, when we talk about praise and worship in today's generation, we think of, of, of the singing, we think of music, we think of well-decorated platforms, we think of state-of-the-art audio and visual media and lights, and I thank God for all of that, but that does not make worship. We think the first 25 to 30 minutes or so of a church service typically is where we sing clap, lift our hands, and perform a monotonous ritual of religious calisthenics. You know, it's like spiritual yoga. We're, we're, we're getting our exercise on. But that's not praise and worship. I, I've not come this morning with a personal agenda. I want to be clear about that. I want to be clear about the fact that when we preach or teach or talk or admonish or try to inspire you as the congregation to be vocal in your praise and your worship to God, uh, we're not doing that to make ourselves feel good. Yeah, the response is nice. It, it lets us know that we're connecting. But that's not why we're doing it. The reason why we're trying to get you to be vocal and responsive and to solicit something from you 
is, is because we recognize that there is a spiritual connection between heaven and earth that lies waiting. And the only thing that requires it to have a delivery of its connection is by way of worship and praise. It is what God desires. If it were possible for God to have a weakness, I'm not saying he does, I'm just saying if it were possible for God to have a weakness, it would be for worship. God loves worship. He loves the worshiper. He seeks, the Bible teaches us, after the worshiper. In John chapter 9 and verse 31, the Bible says, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. God hears a worshiper. God loves worship so much that when Hezekiah's time had come to die and Isaiah the prophet had come to announce the death sentence and penalty for his life, the Bible tells us that Hezekiah began to talk to God about all the works that he had done. The sentence of death was not released. Hezekiah began to talk about how he had kept the law. The sentence of death was not released. But the Bible says Hezekiah wept sore. Now, I want you to understand this morning that when Hezekiah wept sore, he wasn't crying because he was going to die. That wasn't just a few tears that he was shedding, Bishop, because he wasn't going to be living anymore. Hezekiah knew that there was a country that needed God. Hezekiah knew there was a people that needed God. Hezekiah knew that there was a ministry and a mission that needed to continue that he needed to be active in. Hezekiah weeping sore, he was worshiping. Hezekiah was telling God in Isaiah 38 and 20, or, or before that, he was telling him that the Lord, that the grave cannot praise you. That, that the dead cannot celebrate you. I need to be living in order to admonish your people that the grave can't praise you. And the Bible teaches us very quickly that Hezekiah had 15 years restored to his life all because of a simple matter of worship. Hezekiah 38 and 20 says, I was about to get ahead of myself just for a moment. The Lord was ready to save me. Now this is what Hezekiah is saying after it's all over. After the 15 years have been given. After he's already worshipped God. After his answer has already came. And I don't know what time of, uh, span of time that it took for that to happen. But after it was all done, Hezekiah said, The Lord was ready to save me. Yeah. Somebody say amen. amen. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. And it's, it's a rhetorical question. It's meant for you and you only. You have the answer. Somewhere between you and God. How many times has God been ready to save us from our circumstances and from our situation, but the only thing that separated us from an answer was worship? Not us telling God what we need from Him, but us telling God what He is to us. Because you see, whenever I, whenever I worship God, I worship Him not because of what He's done for me. 
I worship Him because of who He is. That's the conduit. That's the channel. That's, that's, the, that's the opening for God to come in with His answers and with His blessings. But God is not obligated for those answers and those blessings if I am absent in my life of the worship that frees Him to talk to me. In the Word of God, the word praise is found 248 times in 216 verses. The word worship occurs 108 times in 102 verses. Together, they are mentioned 356 times. That level of frequency tells me that it must be an important subject that God wants to talk about. And we hear it, but I am, I am fearful this morning. I, I'm trembling in my spirit today to think that, that the words praise and worship have become so cliché and so mundane and so monotonous to us that when we say them that they mean nothing. Amen. That's my fear. Because we must understand what praise and worship is all about. They're different. The two are not, they're related, but they're different. I want to talk about praise first. And then we'll talk about worship. But praise, there's various forms of praise noted throughout Scripture. The Bible says in Psalm 40 and 3, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Praise in this verse comes from the Hebrew word tehillah which means laudation or to pay tribute. I'm going to go through the origin of some of these, and I'm not trying to Hebrewize you this morning, but in our English language, all we do is use the word praise. And there's multiple verses in Scripture that we read the word praise because that's how it was translated, but the original meaning is completely different. And if you've been in this church any length of time, you've heard Bishop touch on several of these along the way. But I want you to understand that the word praise in various verses of God's writ, they don't just mean the same thing. And that's important for us as students of the Word of God, as children of God, that's important for us to understand. That way we can understand the meaning of what the verse is really trying to instruct us to do. So in, when he's put a new song in my mouth, even praise to my God, he's put a tribute in my mouth to God. It's important to pay tribute. Uh, you can pay tribute pretty easy. Hey Amen. Now some of y'all looking at me like I've got six heads. You can pay tribute easy. How do you pay tribute? Well, I'll tell you one, one way. Now tribute is probably the easiest way to praise. All right? And we're going we're gonna to work our way up. Bishop knows where we're going already. Tribute is the easiest way to praise. Let me tell you how you can pay tribute to God. Show up. How do you pay tribute to the deceased? You show up. You pass through the line. You pay your respects. You're paying tribute. Biblically, between us and God, that's a form of praise. Psalm 57 and 7 says, My heart is fixed. You don't have to have a microphone. I see some of your lips moving. I don't know if you're really doing anything or not, but your lips are moving. Looks good. 
You know, some people, they get the old vein that pops out on the side of their neck, and if, if they're bald, you might see a vein on top of their head if they're really straining and, ah, you know, they're really getting it. And some people, they just, oh, amazing grace, how sweet does it. You know, you don't know if they're really producing any sound or not, but their lips are moving. It looks good. All right? Zamar, music accompanied by the voice. So automatically the first two, pretty easy. You, you, you don't have to have much, uh, much knowledge of anything to do those. How, now, come on. I remember when some of you first came to church and you wasn't accustomed to coming to an apostolic church and you heard the music and the singing. It didn't take too many songs before the foot was tapping head was a bobbin and whether you clapped on the right beat or not the hands were moving is there a witness anywhere to be honest with yourself <clears throat> and yeah it feels a little awkward because when you first do it you're like we get up here and we say everybody lift your hands and everybody else lifts their hands and then that makes you a little freer to Just a little sidebar, that's why it's important for those of you that know to do. So that those that don't know can be more comfortable getting into the presence of a God that wants to bless them. <clears throat> so, we've got Tehillah Zamar. We've got tributes. We've got music and singing. Accompanied by the voice. Psalm 86 and 12, we're going to graduate here. Psalm 86 and 12 says, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. Yes. Praise. Now, you heard me tell you how many times praise is mentioned in the Bible. I'm not going through all of them. So if you're looking at your clock wondering what time lunch is going to happen, don't worry. I'm not going through all I've just hand-selected a few. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. Praise, in this verse, is a Hebrew word, yada. Some of you heard it. You're hearing Bishop's voice right now. Because it's ingrained in us. It's been taught to us over the years. I'm just, there's nothing new under the sun. I'm just here this morning preaching a, an old message. Yada, what's it mean? Yada means to use the hands cast out. To make confession and give thanks. Y'all does use more times than what Zamar is, I'll tell you that. So we're graduating here. We're giving tribute. We're, we're musicking and we're singing. But now God is calling on us to say, David's leading us in the word of God. And he's saying, I will praise thee with all of my heart. How am I going to do that? I do that with my hands lifted. I do that making confession with my mouth. I do that giving thanks to God. So when we are in service, and you hear me say it a lot, and sometimes I just feel like it's just a, a broke record, but it's, it's, we've, we've got to be led got to be led sometimes because we don't always come in in a mind of worship. We don't always come to church in a mind of praise because of everything that's going on outside of there. But when you hear us, whoever it is, but whenever you hear us making the statement, would you lift your hands? 
All right? That, that's, that's not just, uh, we're just not trying to make the song feel better. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to fill a void of airspace with something to say. What I'm trying to do is lead you a little bit closer. Because you've paid tribute. We're in the process of music with voice. And I'm trying to get you to go just a few steps closer to realizing that God's right beside you. And all He needs is an opening. And that opening comes through worship. Yada. The hands. Well, why, why do you people lift your hands? This is why. This is one reason why. Other than there are verses that very specifically say, lift your hands. But this, this is the reason why in the root meaning, praise, I cannot yada like this. Can't happen. It's contrary to the definition of the word. Now, I'm not trying to be, be sarcastic or mean this morning. Just trying to illustrate. I cannot yada unless I use my hands and my voice. So by interpretation of the original script, I can rightfully say I can't praise him with my whole heart unless I yada. I cannot tell God in good conscience I will praise you with my whole heart if the only thing I'm interested in is paying tribute. I can't do it. Now, let, 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 me, let me say this because I, I think this is important. I know we've got guests here this morning and I don't want anyone to feel uh, uncomfortable because of what I'm saying. If you feel uncomfortable because God's talking to you, then that's between you and Him. But because of what I'm saying, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. So let me level this out. In every church service, we should have various different groups of people in praise. The entire congregation should not be giving tribute. We'll leave that for the boring churches. The entire congregation should not just, I'm not saying you shouldn't at all, but only, should not select zamar or music and singing as your only form of worship. There needs to be a group of people doing that. But if we all just selected tribute, one, it would be too quiet. Two, we're limiting our praise to God. If the entire congregation just selected music and singing, we would fool ourselves into believing that we're really worshiping God. Because we would come to church, music would start, we'd clap our hands, we'd sing, we would hear some preaching, we would say amen, we would go home and never be changed. I don't know about you this morning, but what I hear from the Word of God changes me. I need a challenge. I need a change. I'm not perfect for the path. I, I don't have this thing sealed up. I don't have this sign sealed and delivered just because I follow a plan of salvation. I need to be told multiple times per week how to stay safe. Well, maybe I'm the only one that needs it. But I need a reminder, Brother Freddie. 
I'm forgetful of my human nature. I may not get it from Sunday to Wednesday or Sunday to Sunday. That's why I need a midweek Wednesday to remind me that I need to get into the presence of a holy God and pay tribute and give music and singing. But then I need to go another step further and I need to yada to Him. I need to confess to Him, God, I'm thankful for you. God, I praise you. God, you're worthy of everything. Could you shout amen? When we think of the word confession, we often think, well, I don't want everybody to hear me talk about what I've done wrong. That's not the only confession that there is. Sometimes confession is of the good, the positives. It's, it's, it's heartwarming to be in a place where you don't know anyone. And you finally see one person you know. And they come up and they greet you by name and they shake your hand and they talk. What are they doing? They're confessing to everybody else that they know you. Perhaps it's heartwarming to God when we come into His house that we're not too bashful to confess that we know Him. So we need people in the congregation that will, that will pay tribute. We need those to play and sing. But we need another group of people that also are willing to confess. Not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm ready to confess. I'm ready to yada. I'm ready to lift my hands unashamed and say, I love you, Jesus. Psalm 104. We'll graduate another time here because it gets deeper and deeper. As you see, we've got the full spectrum of worship possibilities from the, from the light, light worship to the, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Just stay tuned. Psalm 104 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. There's two, verse, two words in this verse that I want to hone in on this morning. Both are directly related to our praise. The first one is thanksgiving. It comes from, it's translated from the word toda. It is still the modern Hebrew word for thank you. But biblically, toda is taken from, watch this now, Every word is a derivative of another word. All right, this isn't English class or, or, or uh, etymology class. I'm not going to teach words. But toda comes from yada. <clears throat> now, in case you forgot already what yada was, I don't expect you to remember the word. I want you to remember the meaning. Yada is the hand up, the hand cast out, the confession of the mouth, the praise and thanksgiving to God. The word that means thank you comes out of yada. So for me to give him a toda, which is thank you, I've also got to give him a yada. Oh, hallelujah. So they're, they're related. What, what are you saying? I'm saying this in, in a nutshell this morning. Don't, don't get lost in the words. What I'm saying in a nutshell is when we give him praise... When we give Him thanksgiving, they are connected. Thanksgiving is praise. 
Thanksgiving is not just, oh, well, thank you, Jesus. Thanksgiving is praise. The, the two are interchangeable. The word praise in Psalm 104 comes from the word tribute that we talk, talked about earlier. So in this verse, we're saying, I'm going to make confession. I'm going to give a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to give a, a thanksgiving by extension of my hand. And when I'm done with that, I'm going to pay tribute. How am I paying tribute? Because I'm entering into his gates. I'm coming. I'm paying tribute. Psalm 69 and 30. It says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now, we have, we have talked about, and I've, I've got to hurry. We're, time doesn't stand still. We've, we've paid tribute. We've got the music accompanied by voice. We've got the yada, we've got the extended hand. We've got the toda, which is the thanksgiving. Now, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Praise in Psalm 69 and 30 comes from the Hebrew script. The word is halal. It's another, it's another bishopism. He's taught it to us for years. And he, he could probably quote the definition verbatim. He's taught it so much. Brother Freddie, I still hear his voice whenever I, I read it myself. I still hear him. But the, the meaning is to be clear. To shine. To make a show. To boast. To be... He's up here saying it with me. To be clamorously foolish. To rave. To celebrate. To sing. Now. Halal's the, the end of the other extreme, all right? We're not going to graduate any more past that, I don't think, unless you rapture. But you've got the tribute. You've got the music and, and singing. Then you've got the, the, the next phase of, of lifting of hands, and you've got thanksgiving. But after all that, then the next step, and we need this. This is what I'm trying to preach this morning uh, and get across to us. You, you may not be ready for a halal, but if you're not, you need to be in some stage of worship. And, 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 and the point needs to be today. All right, well, we're here, so we're paying tribute. That's fine, but you don't need to spend the rest of your life doing nothing but paying tribute when God solicits your worship at a deeper level. Amen. Hold on. To be clear, to shine, to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish, not just foolish, Clamorously foolish to rave, to celebrate, to sing. Now, I often hear people say, "Well, that, that's that's all right for Bishop. That's all right for you. That's all right for, for for others." But that's that's just not me. Well, okay, that that's fine. I, I'll accept that on, on on a couple of different conditions. One of which, if you're not the halal person, then Find yourself on the scale of worship because you should be somewhere. Amen. 
If you will find yourself on the scale of worship somewhere and forget about who you are, you might be surprised where on the scale of worship you end up. <clears throat> I was a kid. I grew up in Kentucky. Don't hold that against me. Please. Any, but any, any UK fans in here? All right, good. I'm safe. So I was a kid, and I was walking out uh, on the, my parents' property and just walking through uh, Brother Pat and my, my dog. I had a, uh, a Collie German Shepherd mix. He's a big dog, big hairy dog. And uh, he, he, he was my protector. And I didn't know I needed protecting. But I was, was walking through there, and all of a sudden, he walks over, and he just finds himself a spot to sit down. And he sits there. Lord have mercy, what in the world's wrong with him? He's just going out. He's sitting, barking like there's no tomorrow. Bishop, I had no clue what was wrong with the boy. I said, Smokey, come on, let's go, let's go. He wouldn't budge. He would not move. So I went in the house to get my, my folks, and I don't, I don't remember if I couldn't find them or if they were busy or, or, or whatever, didn't believe me. I was a little boy. You never know what little boys are going to say or what they're going to do. So I remember making my way back out there to approach the dog, and he stands up, and underneath him was a snake that was all coiled up. Now, he had sat on that snake to protect me, and his fur was thick enough that he was fine. But when he stood up and I saw that snake, you know what happened next. I screamed like a girl. For six days. I said, that's all right, dog. You can sit back down. Stay there. Bishop, I wasn't the least bit bashful about my feelings of that snake. Yeah, I hollowed. I raved and I celebrated getting away. And I was clamorously foolish about the idea that I did not want to be near him. There are certain trigger points everybody in this room has that you would almost respond the exact same way. Some it's snakes, some it's rats, some it's spiders, some it's just a quick poke in the ribs and a boom! But yet for some reason, Stay with me here. For some reason, we follow, we, we listen to a voice that tells us, ah, you don't need to do that. And we're as loud and chatty as we want to be until the clock strikes 10 a.m. or 6 o'clock. And it's worship time. And then I've gone from a to a, I will pay tribute to the Lord. Not making fun. Just I want to illustrate here. Because I think we err in assuming sometimes that what we're doing is good enough. 
when what God is trying to illustrate to us through his word is that what you're doing may be okay, but there are other things that he also wants you to do. Nothing wrong with the tribute. I don't even know what the time frame is that you should graduate to the next level. That's between you and God. But I think you know. Because it's when, when that inner man starts speaking and you start, you start feeling like, oh man, I want to do this. Oh, should I or shouldn't I? That's the next step. My subject matter this morning is restoring worship and praise. We need a restoration in our life of things that we've either not attained to or we have lost. I want you to hear me this morning. And maybe, maybe in this moment I'm not speaking to our guests so much as I am the first apostolic church that's been here for a number of years. But if there is something that has caused you to not worship with the passion and the fervency that you once did, if you have reached your way from the scale uh, of Tehillah all the way to Halal, and, and, and somehow you've, you've slidden back, I'm not saying backslid, but you've slidden back to where you've gotten comfortable on a certain part on the worship scale, then what I'm trying to do this morning is alert us to the idea that God wants to restore the thing that you once had back into your life. It is not God's will for me to make, make it all the way to Halal and then all of a sudden decide that I just want to sit. That's not the will of God. Is this all right? Can I have five more minutes? Thanks. I think I was going to take it. Psalm 106 and 1 says, Praise you the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Praise in this verse is hollow. It's not tribute. We, we, we error in thinking. We come to church, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, that's Yada. Now, just, just to be fully illustrative of what this verse is teaching us and instructing us to do. If you want to follow Psalm 106 to the original text, you cannot come to church expecting to praise you the Lord and do anything but be foolish. I realize that could be tough medicine for some this morning. All, all, all I want you to take away from this message this morning is that what we are doing might not be good enough. I want, I want to provoke you to thinking today. I don't want to provoke you to anger. I want to provoke you to thinking. Do a little soul, search, soul searching this afternoon and when we close with prayer here in just a few moments and say, God, is what I'm doing enough? Because you see, there's a difference between worship and praise. And I've got to run through this quickly in order to get through it. But I want you to leave here understanding the difference between praise and worship. It's okay to pay tribute, but don't stop that. God's got more for you than just a tribute. God's got more for you than just a zamar or playing with the music and the singing. We need the tribute. We need the music and singing. We need the hands cast out and lifted. It's important. Look at your neighbor this morning and tell them it is important. It is important.
And if you're, I'm not trying to condemn anyone into the next step this morning. I am trying to inspire you to understand that if you are at one phase, that's okay. Don't let go of it. But don't be afraid to move into the next phase either. Because God is a gentleman and God will never embarrass you and God will never hurt you. And when he says, I want you to yada, that means he's got a blessing in store for you if you do. I've got to hurry. Worship comes from the Hebrew word shacha. It means to bow down, fall down flat, humbly beseech, to do reverence or make to stoop. We often use the words praise and worship interchangeably, but when you study the vocabulary carefully, you understand it's easy to notice that they are very different in application. You can praise and never worship. But you'll never worship without first praising. When you get through the tribute and the music and the, 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 the voice and the, the thanksgiving and the, the yada with the hand casted out and the halal with the clamorously foolish and, and when you get through that, those are the things that prep you to move into worship. If I was to be honest and transparent with you this morning, I don't remember the last time that we as a congregation actually worshipped. Because it takes a while to get to that. You just don't come to church and at 6 o'clock, oh, I'm worshipping. Oh, it's worship time. Yeah, technically it is, but if we understand the meaning behind it, we've got to praise first. Praise is surface related. Worship gets in the heart. Praise is the anesthetic. Worship is the surgical knife that makes the heart and soul changes that we need. There are things that I can understand from God and thing, instructions that I have received from God that I've received in worship, Bishop, that I would have told him no if he had given to me in praise. But worship, I get deep in God. I lose myself and I understand that it's not about me, it's all about Him. Praise by itself will never change you. You need a worship experience to provide true change. When real worship hits the church, musicians can't play. When real worship hits the church, you don't need a musician. If you want to know whether or not you're praising or worshiping, let the band and the music singing stop and see if you stop with it. Because if you're worshiping, it's not going to matter. Because you'll be lost in who he is. Praise is, again, it's surface related. Got to have it. We need it. Just want you to understand the difference. Anybody can praise God. Matter of fact, the Bible says, let everything praise the Lord. Everybody can praise God. Praise thanks God for what he did. Worship is about who he is. Praise says, I thank you for my shoes, my clothes, my job, my house. Worship says, if I don't have any shoes, if, if my clothes are torn, if I'm jobless, if I just lost my house, I'm still going to praise you. I'm not praising, I'm not worshiping him because I've got clothes on my back. I praise him for that. But when I worship him, it's all about him. Praise leaves room for us to worry about what others think of us 
That's when we're on the, the scale. Worship says, I don't care. Just get me to the throne room. Just get me in the presence of God. Praise can be given to men. Worship can only be given to God. Praise can be dignified. Worship gets ugly. Worship gets ugly. Worship is, you're sweating, snotting, ties undone. You don't, you don't care anymore. The shirt's untucked. You, you've, seen, you've seen Pastor before, whenever he'd take off around here and end up in the floor rolling, he gets up and his shirt's all untucked. He looked like he just got out of a wrestling match with a bear. That's a worship experience. Stand with me this morning, I'm closing. We need a restoration today of genuine praise and worship. If you're a leader in this church, you ought to be on the halal scale. And I know some of them aren't in here this morning. If you're a guest today, and you're, you're on the tribute scale, that's all right. You're welcome here. Just pardon us while we try to get into a worship atmosphere. We would like to take you with us. It's free for all. Now, in, in, in closing this morning, I want to say just a few things, and, and I am specifically speaking to our, our home church here this morning uh, in saying this, not, not to our guest for sure. <clears throat> but I felt the Lord speak to me about six weeks ago on this subject, and after Pastor talked to me, it's about a week a week ago, I believe it was on Easter, about taking care of this morning's service, I began to pray and ask God about what, what He would want for this hour. And I was reminded, Bishop, of what the Lord spoke to me six weeks ago. And I literally, while praying, I literally said, now this is how ignorant I can be sometimes. And I, I know that you're not. I know everybody in here, you're, you're a whole lot smarter than this. But this, this is literally what I said. I said, are you sure, Lord? The response that followed assured me that he was sure. So here it goes. There was a day. I'm speaking to home church here. If you've been here 10 years or more, I'm talking to you. You're, you're my targeted audience right now. But there was a day that our church assembly was widely known for our praise and worship. I believe, and I'm, I'm just speaking from my heart this morning. You, you have the right to disagree with me. But I'm speaking from my heart what I feel like the Lord impressed upon me six weeks ago. Too much so. You can get complimented too much. You, you can get pat. Now, the pat on the back is nice, but you can get it so much that the, 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 the sincerity of it leaves, and all of a sudden you think you don't even need the pat on the back anymore. There was a day that we were known for our, our praise and worship, but we were known for it so much that we had little balance with the word. We call them shout-outs. Oh, man, we had such a good service that there was no preaching. Well, how do you think that makes the preacher feel? Just think about that for just a second. 
Then, since then, I would say within the last, well, I don't know how, how many years, but definitely within the last 10. We know the word. But now we have little balance with application of our praise and worship. It's, it's like we overcorrected. Well, what should we do? Let me tell you what is appropriate by the Word of God is demonstration of God's presence throughout the entire service. It is appropriate for you to tribute, sing, play, yada, toda. It's appropriate for you to cast your hands with thanksgiving. It's appropriate for you to holla. And still receive the word of God. And then, yada, toda, and hala again. It's all biblically appropriate. So what, are you, what, are you, what are you suggesting this morning? I'm suggesting we need to restore our passion back. We need to keep what we have today and restore what we've lost. But to restore it, we've got to first know we've lost it. And that was my job this morning, was to, to be a, a vocal spokesman to say that we as the church need to restore our worship and praise. This altar is open this morning. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not singing. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you, and have a blessed day.